Wow. I seriously cannot do intro videos at all. Like, I'm so bad at it. But anyway, so in this podcast, I interviewed, I was lucky enough to interview Jared Jacobs, aka at Gold Yeller. He is super awesome, super nice guy, really easy to talk to. And the reason I wanted to talk to him is because he has pound for pound one of the sweetest jobs in the entire world. He gets to make Lego stop motion and animation videos for all different types of sports leagues. He's done stuff with the PGA tour. He's done stuff for, uh, big 10, the big 10 football, uh, college football conference. Um, he makes videos for the NBA. He's done stuff with the golden state warriors right there, baby. Let's go. Um, but super interesting. I just wanted to really talk to him about how he even got into this profession and what the future has in store for him. So I really hope you guys enjoy this podcast and thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for doing this. This is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so first of all, just wanted to ask you, you watch the Super Bowl and are you gonna work on anything regarding the Super Bowl? Uh I mean not unless I get paid for it. No, yeah. It's all it's all paid gigs now. So it's like back in the day, yeah, I would have. Here, let me drop this. Yeah, I just saw the post that you made. It's pretty sweet. it's really cool, like seeing the whole entire process of like everything you do. It's pretty insane. Yeah, that one was that was a fun one. I I almost didn't take that job. Oh, really? For the tennis? Yeah. Why not? I didn't know what it was. I didn't like they whenever somebody asks me to sign an NDA before I even like know what we're doing, mm-hmm. I'm usually hesitant to do that. Yeah. Just because I'm like, is this gonna be a waste of my time? Yeah. Okay, so and wait. So, yeah, that's that's cool. So, like, I have a question. So, when you are doing the um, when you get a partnership, because I know that you've done stuff with golf and the Big Ten and stuff. When you do that, how do those partnerships work and stuff? Do you just basically do it on your own, or do you get help from the production studios with those conferences and organizations, kind of? Yeah, it's all. I mean, they'll they'll usually provide me the audio on most of them. Oh, that's what, like we. It's usually whoever their um, team is they'll usually they reach out through dms like instagram's pretty much been i don't even post my email anywhere you know yeah. it's, it's all it's all dm no like not a lot of people know my phone number i'm kind of i kind of keep it low-key just because like i've i've experienced a little bit of fame and i'm like i don't really know if i want to be like a public i haven't decided yet if that's what i want to do mm-hmm. so i kind of just like to stay low-key and people are like you should be posting more and i'm like i don't really know if i want to be yeah Cause I know people who are like famous YouTubers and I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I want that in my life. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It's a lot, but it's pretty sweet though, because your social media and stuff, I feel like the job that you're doing is pretty unique in the sense that I, you're pretty much like one of the most famous people that does stop motion with sports and stuff. So, I mean, people are kind of stuck. So, I mean, if they want to do it, they have to go to you anyway. So it's kind of, right. you're in a good yeah, spot. Yeah. I've kind of carved out a niche where I'm like the guy. I mean, there's people who are better at stop motion than me by far, but not all those people understand sports like I do. Exactly. Um, and even, even stuff like tennis, like when I did us open stuff, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about tennis. I knew that my mom liked tennis. And so when we were kind of going back and forth and negotiating what they were going to pay me for it, I was like, can I bring her to the U S open with me? And they were like, yeah, totally. And so that was like, what sealed the deal. I'm like, all right, well, if they're going to bring us out to the U S open and that's like a dream come true for my mom, 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I, I, at that point I was like, I don't even care what they pay me. Like <laughs> just that <laughs> experience alone that's, is, is going to be priceless. Exactly. So yeah, that's what, cause going through your Instagram page and everything, and even the sports you do, you have such a freaking diverse amount of sports that you seem to like. So have you always been kind of like that or has some of your love for some of these sports grown because of the job that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely grown because of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about NASCAR either yeah. when, when uh, Daytona reached out. Yeah. Um, well, NASCAR, like the company reached out originally and we were trying to do something together. And then when Daytona reached out, I happened to be in Charlotte for something else. And that's where NASCAR NASCAR headquarters are. And Mm -hmm. so um, when they, when the main guy for NASCAR saw that I was in Charlotte, he's like, Hey, you have to come to the hall of fame. He's like, we need to talk. Yeah. So then that kind of sealed that deal. And then I was able to go to like the Daytona 500, which is like, the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Yeah, for sure. I never thought, like, I I grew up in Canada. We didn't have, I mean, we're a different kind of redneck in Canada, you know? <laughs> we're not, uh, we're not the Southern rednecks. We, uh, I, and I don't even really know what redneck means, to be honest. Yeah. I just kind of, uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride, but it was, it was crazy to go there mm-hmm. to Daytona and kind of see all that, I don't know if you want to call it pageantry, but just Wild. to be kind of immersed in that culture, I, it was nothing like I had ever experienced. And it was, it was actually kind of cool. Like yeah. being able to go to like the driver's meetings and wow. like Dave Portnoy is like sitting up front with like Wild. Julian Edelman. And I'm like, I'm in the same room with these people. So then I go and talk to them after the driver's meeting is over. And I'm just like, like I was more excited to meet Dave Portnoy than I was Julian Edelman. And Edelman had just won <laughs> the MVP of the Super Bowl. But I was like, I don't really care. That's insane. What What would you say that your um, number one experience has been? Like that has come from your job? Because that's pretty freaking sweet. You get to do, I mean, you get to basically go to everything. Like it's so crazy. You did to go to golf events. I mean, the NBA finals. It's pretty wild. Yeah, um, going golfing with Kevin Na was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I would say probably the coolest thing, I think it would be a tie between going to the NBA Finals in Oakland when the Toronto Raptors are in it. And I grew up in Canada, so I like I was kind of a – I grew up in Western Canada, so I wasn't like a huge Raptors fan. Okay. But I was like, if I'm going to cheer for a basketball team, it's probably going to be the Raptors. So to be able to see them – play the year that they win the finals probably the only year they'll ever win the finals <laughs> if we're being honest hey they're kind of long and lanky now they're kind of nice yeah i mean they are but if if we're being honest like realistically i think that's and even seeing like the super teams that form mm-hmm. i'm like eh, yeah are, are they gonna be able to beat the lakers the clippers like there's so many good teams out west that i'm like there's like four or five teams that i think could legit beat the Raptors, and I don't even know if the Raptors would have won had there not been injuries on the Warriors, because the Warriors were a dynasty at that point that were just destroying everybody. Exactly. But like, if KD's out and Clay Thompson's out, yeah, it's it's anyone's game. But if if Clay and KD are in that, there's no way that Toronto wins. Like, yeah, not, a, not as much chance. as I'd like to think that they would. No, mm-hmm. even they know that. Yeah, you're even a big. Kawhi jack- knows that. Kawhi knows deep <laughs> down. He's like, I got lucky. So if if but if KD 
It's, I mean, yeah, the same can be said too when K- uh, Kawhi went down when he was on the Spurs. That right, was a yeah. completely different series too. It, exactly. Yeah, once he went down, that just changed that entire series. Yeah, so it's funny how sports works like that. And it's like even seeing Tom Brady win another Super Bowl, you're like, there was a lot of things that had to happen in order for him to even get there. Right, you know, exactly. It was kind of serendipitous. It almost seems like it's rigged or something. I'm like, are they trying to get that hey. guy? Should we make up some conspiracies <laughs> and just add to what's already out there? Not that I really care because I'm not a diehard fan of any NFL team. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks that I was like a Chiefs fan because I did. I was like, dude, I got paid to do this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I, made, I made this for work. I didn't make yeah. this because I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm actually a Raiders fan. Really? So, yeah. I'm like, Dang. if I'm going to cheer for an NFL team, it's going to be the Raiders just because they're like. Division rival. Well, and and it didn't even go. It wasn't even about that. It was probably just because all of the like L.A. rappers were talking about being Raiders fans, and I thought that that was cool growing up. You know, yeah, exactly. That's, you're a big jazz guy, huh? I I've become a bigger <laughs> jazz guy. Like I'm I'm pretty close in proximity to the jazz. I live in Boise, mm-hmm. and so um, I, I did a project with the jazz. And then I've become friends with the Utah Jazz Bear, like their mascot. We've done That's like sick. some content together. And yeah. he's just, he's such an awesome guy. And so they've kind of endeared their, themselves towards me. Um, it was cool. Like the Warriors were awesome as well. Like, yeah. To be able to go out there and, and kind of see their whole operation behind the scenes. I was just like, man, there's a lot that goes into this. And it's not like just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Like these people know what they're doing. Yeah. You got to go right before they moved too. So yeah. Yeah. Classic. I saw one of the last games in Oracle. That's freaking awesome. That's so yeah, it's pretty, it's like looking back on it. I'm like, I didn't really appreciate like how cool that was. It's like, if you would have saw one of the last games in like the forum when like Gretzky's there or whatever, you know, like or seeing like the old school Kings play in the forum, like, that's something that people took for granted, but it's cool to think about that now. Yeah. So you, you played hockey and stuff. Yeah. I played hockey growing up. Yeah. Do you, do you do hockey stop motion? Are there some, there's some sport you do. Yeah, okay. I have, I did some stuff with the NHL network yeah, okay. really early on. Um, and then I work for the minor league hockey team here. I do like color commentating. So I'm like the guy who's down in between the benches. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like the comic relief, you know, that yeah. just says stupid stuff. And how's that been? Is it pretty, I feel oh, like that stuff comes pretty naturally. You're pretty outgoing. Awesome. It seems yeah, like. no, it's right in my wheelhouse yeah. and, uh, I miss it. We we're not playing this year cause they didn't do, they didn't play cause of COVID and, yeah. uh, and I've really been missing it. I didn't think I would miss it as much as I do, but, um, yeah, I miss that. I miss being able to go and, and just that camaraderie too with sports mm-hmm. that that brings. I mean, I'm sure you being a sports guy, I'm sure you know how that goes where you're just yeah. like sport, like sports is something that brings us together. And, it, and it's like, even though it's somewhat barbaric and who knows how long it'll even last in this politically correct culture that we live in now, mm-hmm. um, we, people need sports, right? Even, okay. even just for the getting outside, like I've re- become a huge fan of golf yeah. Um, and even more so over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, because that was pretty much the only sport I could get out and play was right, golf. Exactly. Now that I'm older, I'm like, that's that's what I want to play. I, I love golf and I'll probably start doing more stuff in the in the golf realm. Um even I mean the project I'm working on right now is golf related and 
I, I like working with the PGA tour has been one of the coolest things. So, and, and kind of what's come from it, like just having like professional athletes, like DM you and you're like, wait, you're a fan of what I do. Like, I'm a fan of what you do. So exactly. you kind of have that mutual respect, mm-hmm. but like I suffer from that imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm just some like homeless looking dude. <laughs> that's literally like in a closet. <laughs> making these, like granted I'm surrounded by Lego and it's like every kid's dream, but like, this wasn't my dream as a kid. Like I didn't even play with Lego as a kid. Yeah. That's really, so I know. Cause I was listening to a bunch of your interviews and the, one of the things that was pretty sweet and why I wanted to talk to you is your whole entire process of even coming to this point. It seemed like you didn't even think about this because you didn't really play with Legos. And then when you went to school, you were all over the place with your major, right? And oh yeah. Because yeah, I ended, I ended my major as like university studies, like yeah. the dumbest major that you could possibly, it's basically like three minors. It was like communications, Spanish, and business were my three majors that I didn't really major in any of them. And so I just came out even more of a like college idiot. I might as well just dropped out. You know what I mean? I'd rather just be a college dropout. Well, it's kind of, everybody's kind of in the same boat right now anyway, because school is absolutely ridiculous right now. Just online classes. It's a joke. I'm taking some of the one, this uh, communications class and I have to record myself doing a presentation, but it would otherwise be an oral speech in front of a class. So it's not even the same experience whatsoever. You know what I mean? You're not getting the same skills at all because the whole part of communication and everything is talking in front of people and getting over that kind of, you know, stage fright in a way. And you're not even getting that when you're just recording yourself. You know what I mean? Well, and what the thing that I love about people like you, like granted, we don't know each other, right? but like just from like the small amount of time that we've spent talking. Yeah. I love that hustle and that grind where you're like, you know what, I'm going to make a podcast and I'm going to talk about things that I want to talk about and who knows where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you become the Joe Rogan of sports <laughs> and you're just like, dude, I started this in my college dorm room. Yeah. Like, or where, however you started, I don't know yeah. much about it, Yeah. but like anybody that has a podcast and they've put out a bunch of episodes, like I have mad respect for that. And I'm like, you know, I, I kind of, it's almost, I'm almost envious of it. I'm like, why didn't I do something like that? Why wasn't I a hustler? I was like, I mean, we didn't have those types of things right. at, at our disposal. Like we do now when I was your age, but, um, but still like I could do that now. Who's to say that I couldn't. You can literally start that right now. Like you can do it, like you can do it over zoom. All you have to do is reach out to people and like be lucky enough to have someone like you come on, but then you get somebody, you get this crazy Canadian on that. You're just (laughs) like, with what he does and how did this guy make a living out of playing with Lego? And it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't even know. I, it, it wasn't something that I sought out. Yeah. Um, just, kind of being one of those ADD kids that (laughs) like, I just, I just kind of like the thing about, they talk about ADD as like a a disorder, but it's Mm -hmm. almost like a superpower. It's like, yeah, hundred percent ability to to do like hyper-focus type stuff. But like when you come up in the school system, you're you're treated like an idiot. Like literally they're just like test scores aren't good. Your reading comprehension isn't very good. You can't focus for more than like, two minutes, but it's like, no, I, I can focus if it's something that I want to do. If it, right. I can hyper-focus if it's something that I really want to do. <laughs> That's insane. And so, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like going to school right now, though. Like, yeah, for sure, that would be brutal. I'd be, yeah. Able, yeah I'm, no. I don't know how you kids do it. I'm, I have a lot of respect in in uh, many ways for for that type of stuff. But I think, I mean, if if the universities don't get it figured out, it's going to become less and less of a priority. Where when I grew up, it was Max. like that's what you did. You went to school, and if you dropped out of school, you were a failure. But now it's like. I'm not going to pay this kind of money to like learn online. Like I can watch YouTube videos, figure out how to do my own podcast. This is essentially turned into a business for me. You know, yeah. like I'm making more money than I'm going to make if I go out of school and go work for some hedge fund. No, hundred percent. Cause you literally, I mean, social media is what propelled you into where you're at now. So it's kind of crazy. All you, if you get, if you get like big on YouTube or something, you can say screw school basically. Honestly. Right. And, and, and if I would have like, if I would have had that, like if I was in your shoes now, I don't know if I would do that. Right. Like it's, it's taken time to get to where I'm at and I've hundred percent and it's like, it's, but that, that might be the next step. I might be like, you know what, why am I not just making YouTube content? then I can just work for myself. Maybe I'll just become like some golfer who brings like a whole different twist on the game of golf and maybe I like teach people how to sneak into the masters. I don't know. Like I can, you can literally make any kind yeah. of content. Yeah. I mean, that guy, that might get shut down by the guys at Augusta and I don't want to piss off the people at Augusta. Cause yeah. I would love to play that course. Yeah. So if they're listening, anybody from Augusta, <laughs> I would love an invite. Um, but if you don't invite me, I'm going to try to figure out how to sneak in yeah. to your establishment. But high key though, your end product can basically be the YouTube content anyway of what right. you do. So right. I mean, and, I, and I need to get better at that type of stuff. Like when I get done, like some of the golf things that I do that we're talking like a hundred hours of work for like a 30 second video when it's all said and done. And so when, once you're done, you're just like, I don't want to edit more content on right. top of that. But it's I, like, if this doesn't perform well, then you feel like you just wasted like half a month of your life where mm -hmm. you're working, like burning can burning the candle at both ends. Uh, on average, what would you say some of your pro uh, projects, like how long they take? Because I, I assume they probably uh, differ, you know? Yeah, I'd, I'd say if I was going to average it out, I'd probably say about 60 hours per video. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, some can be shorter. If it's just like a, you know, a little 10 second piece, like mm -hmm. some of those I can do in like eight hours. How much do you knock out at a time when it's that big? Do it you depends. just try to grind it out since you... Yeah. Like the golf ones, when there's a bunch of crowd involved, like sometimes I think that there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, am I just a glutton <laughs> for punishment? Like, what do I, am I, why am I beating myself up? Like moving yeah. like 200 minifigures each frame, but it's, it's part of my process. Yeah. And it's what makes me stick out. Yeah. willing to do things that m most sane people wouldn't do. And right. so I think that kind of sets you apart from other people. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. people might think you're for having a sports podcast. <laughs> you may be like, Oh, that's cute. You know, but it's like, what if that leads to, I mean, that's obviously going to lead to something. Yeah. It's even if it's just stuff that you learn along the way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, cause even if this doesn't blow up or whatever, it's still practice for maybe broadcasting or commentating down along the line. You know what I mean? What is it? What, what do you want to do eventually? Like, if, what do you well, want to do when you grow up? 
uh, basically maybe I, so I was doing like nutrition at Oregon state, but then learning chemistry and biology online is just a crapshoot. So really? I was, yeah, I was just, I changed it to, it's like digital communications arts and stuff. So basically this, it could lead to maybe a job at Paxwell network or just broadcasting or commentating. And I, I just like, I really like doing stuff like this. It's fun. Like talking to people like you that talk about that, like sports, like it's so much fun to me. I feel like, I don't know. What's your favorite sport? Oh, I'm a big UFC guy. I don't oh, do, I, I don't do you, have you made stuff? Cause I was going to ask sports that you not, don't, not yet. Are you there gonna might, there, there could be a potential to do some UFC. I will just say I had a conversation with somebody what? recently what? where we might, we might be able to do some UFC. I'm hoping that I do. Um, I've been approached to do boxing stuff before mm -hmm. that doesn't, um, get me as excited as UFC. I love watching the UFC. If I could do like, if I'm doing like some Jorge Masvidal knee to, <laughs> Let's to, 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 to his head yeah. and like knocking him out, like that would be, that's my favorite fighter right now. What do you think the biggest challenge is when you're doing UFC where everything is really based on joint movements and you only are kind of limited when it comes to Lego guys? I, yeah. And that's one thing that I don't know either. Like, I think I, a lot of these things, I just kind of have to figure it out as I go. Like, mm -hmm. and, and that's part of what loving what you do does. Cause I, I like right. those challenges. It's, it's just creative problem solving. Like, how yeah. am I going to do that? It may get to the point where I like, if we're doing a flying knee, I might take like a minifigure and like chop the knee in half. There you go. And then like, put it in like a pie section and then end up putting it together so that it looks like the knees coming That's out. Sick. Like, I don't, I don't know how I would do that. I'd probably have to play around with it quite a bit mm -hmm. to do something like a flying knee, but I've always, you know, I, that's something that I've kind of thrown out into the ethos. I'm like, I want to, I want to recreate that. And usually I when I want to recreate something like the Dame Lillard shot was a perfect example. When that happened, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, nobody's paying me to make it. I'm going to make that though, yeah. because I know it's going to generate a ton of attention mm -hmm. and it was just an awesome moment that I'll never forget. It's iconic. Yeah. I and was just, so, yeah, I was just I watching. Know, I don't know if you're a trailblazers fan. If my, you're living my, out that way. My buddy. Oh, you're my, a warriors fan. Yeah. I'm a warriors guy, but I do a podcast with my buddies and they're big blazer fans. So we kind of go back and forth. Yeah. See, I mean, the warriors were kind of nice it, this year. Not going to lie. Dude, it was awesome to see the Warriors play. And that, and when, when I went to a jazz game too, as part of the deal that I did with them, mm -hmm. that was the game that I picked. I was like, I want to see the Warriors play, but it was, I mean, it was like a depleted Warriors team. I don't even think Steph played in that game. And so oh, yeah. it was kind of, I've seen, I mean, I've seen them play so many times before though, but, uh, but that was the game that I picked where I was like, oh, I'm going to come down and take a few friends to a, a game. And they're like, yeah, pick whatever game you want. And, so I picked the Warriors. I probably should have picked the Lakers because they had LeBron. I've, I've never seen LeBron play in I'm real still, life. Oh, really? Dang. Uh -uh. Yeah. I'm still salty because the Jazz smacked us around a couple of weeks ago. They got up like 30 plus points. Dude, the Jazz are good this year. No, they, the ESPN's rankings just came out. They have them at two. And we were discussing this, me and my buddies. And that could be maybe a, a little high considering the 76ers and stuff. But what do you think? Do you think two's right? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I mean, the I shooting's think, wild. I, th I think if they keep playing the way that they're playing, it's it's almost like they've started shooting more. Yeah, that, that's what it seems like. 
Donovan and, and, then, and I haven't followed him for a long time. Yeah. So I don't know like kind of the nuances of the game like I used to. Mm-hmm. But that's but kind of watching it from a bird's eye view, I'm like, the, their shooting is just phenomenal. And having the defensive player of the year, whether you think he should have been the defensive player of the year or not, like mm-hmm. he's done it twice. Yeah. So obviously he's doing something right. Right. And I don't know. I I I feel bad for Rudy because of all the flack he got from from being the the, the author of the coronavirus. The corona, know? the spreader of like, the he, like the guy's just making jokes and then all of a sudden he's like a martyr because he like <laughs> breathed on a camera. Like come I remember on, that. People. Yeah. Like settle down. I know. And then and then when the NBA shut down, everything shut down. No, yeah, I know. So it, that was that yeah. was kind of weird too. I was like NHL's going. I remember the players was happening at the time, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "That's done." Like they were the only ones. Golf was the only ones that were still like playing, and then they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do it without fans." But then yeah. once the NBA canceled, they're like, "Crap, we're gonna get we're gonna get canceled if we uh, like literally cancel." People will mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. Everyone's so afraid of getting canceled nowadays. I'm like, whatever. It's, yeah, it's coming for everybody. Were you, we're gonna were you- if we're gonna go down this political correct environment. Everybody's getting canceled. Yeah. Are you, were you concerned at all? Or were you thinking maybe I'm going to have to start doing some throwback stuff or what? I know I legit like 2020 was a tough year for me because mm-hmm. a lot of things fell through that I had lined up. Yeah. And I got to the point where I thought that I was going to have to do something else. I was like, That's so we, I can't make this work anymore. Um, you weren't thinking about doing then, vintage stuff at all? Yeah. But like nobody was paying for it there was no, no more that's true that's true so it was like i i'm i might have to go be a ups driver or uber eats or that you know what i mean like i was just like i don't know what i'm gonna do if this that's keeps terrifying. going the way it's going and like corporations aren't spending money like that's how i make my money is they pay me to do these types of things mm-hmm. yeah i was do. i was watching an interview you did with uh byu idaho guy and you were talking about it was kind of during um the beginning of COVID probably, or not the beginning, but it was in the summer, like August. And you're talking yeah. about how you wanted to start. Maybe it sounded like you were starting to do a getting in, involved with music videos and stuff and maybe wanting to use live subjects. Have you started doing anything like that since things have kind of I, mellowed? Yeah, out? I actually, I did a music video that I can't yeah. even talk about. Um, oh, okay. Still hasn't seen the light of day. And that's the other thing too, is concerts all shut down. So it was like, yeah. I thought that that might be another solution to the problem, but if there's nothing to promote concert wise, it's like, that's how musicians make all their money. Like it's going on tour. And so if they don't have a tour to promote, it's they're They're not going to pay a guy like me to make a music video out of Lego (laughs) for them. Yeah. But, but yeah, I I did one and I hope it sees the light of day because it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And it was for a really big artist. So yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if it ever sees the light of day. Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully. What about live subjects? What do you mean? I, you said you mentioned something about maybe you wanted to incorporate that too. You, because you were saying you, I, I think you said something about how you might not want to do Legos for the rest of your career. Um, I mean, as far as live stuff, I think I would like to, to do maybe YouTube content where mm-hmm. like, where I'm like putting out videos I, honestly, I'd really like to get into the golf world. Like I'd like to start doing like guys like uh GM golf 
doing things like what they're doing. I, I just think that's awesome. And and those yeah. guys are young kids and, and doing what they're doing, I think is really cool. And I, I think you just tell yourself like, who's going to watch me? Like mm-hmm. how entertaining do I have to be to get people's attention? Cause it's, I mean, there's so much, so many people just screaming for attention in all directions. So it's, it's hard to stand out. No. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Really quick. So I know this is, I'm a big Niner guy too. And you know, Zach Wilson's all over. Okay. So you're BYU. I mean, you're Boise state guy. Yeah. What's your, what's your honest opinion of Zach Wilson and how will his game translate into the NFL? Are you, are people, is he legit or are people kind of reaching low key? So, I mean, if you talk to BYU fans, he's He's legit. Yeah. Um, I watched him play in the potato bowl where he did not throw an incompletion. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember. They were playing like Western Michigan though. Yeah. So I don't know. I th- When I saw him play against Coastal Carolina and just seeing those guys beat up on him, and this is Coastal Carolina. Like this isn't like Alabama. Mm-mm. But those guys got inside his head. And so he's got to get through that. He's got to figure out. He, I mean, he's probably never been bullied like that in his life. No. And so that's what's going to happen when you get in the NFL. So if he, I mean, it really depends with, with quarterbacks. It depends on who now it's like, it's almost like they want him to play right away and they want him to be really good right away. Like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. everybody wants the next Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. there's only one Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and we saw how he got bullied last night, you know? Yeah. So it's, you, you have to kind of adapt in those situations. And I, I don't know how old school the game is going to stay. Um, and so that factors into it as well. Yeah. But I don't know. I he's he is a legit quarterback and I think if he gets in the right organization, I think he can do well. I don't know if he's going to be the next Tom Brady. Yeah. Um but nobody thought Tom Brady would be the guy that he is. People people like still give they like they still don't respect Tom Brady the way that they should. I oh, know. Like I I saw something where all these like talking heads were talking about how Tom Brady is like a dying breed and he's like, he's not going to be able to do it this year. And and then surprise Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause some people will come back and say he had like a super team around him, but at the same time, he's the one that attracted all those guys because he's so great anyway. So you can't really knock the guy at all anyway. So yeah. Uh, that that T-Mobile commercial that he did with Gronk was my hilarious. favorite one. Oh, by far, I showed my mom that because I saw that was the best one, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was the, like uh, by I, far. And just Gronk saying, "Mom, get my football pants. Where are my football pants?" Like 100%. I just love that line. And just yeah. like that was genius. And and a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of strayed. Like a lot of big companies I heard didn't even do Super Bowl ads that usually do Super Bowl ads. Yeah, just because of the climate that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. So everybody's afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, I thought so T-Mobile sad. did an awesome job. It was yeah. like, and and I think that's going to be what sets people apart as well. Like you see guys like Joe Rogan kind of going against the grain and saying yeah. whatever it is that they feel yeah. and then moving out of California to Texas because of the madness. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more people like that, that those are going to be kind of the people who, who lead mm-hmm. this next generation where it's right. like, that's what people are begging for is like good leadership. Right. Have you been approached for commercials? 
Um, I mean, this Kia commercial that I did with Australian Open was is probably the first like commercial thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been approached for a couple where like me as like a personality is yeah. in it. I haven't done any of those yet, though. But I may. I may. That may be something that I do. Um, yeah. I like it. I mean, I like. I really do like putting my personality out there, even though I just kind of am like so insulated. Um, it's, it's tough. You like, you want to be able to interact with people and, and you can't, and that can't just all be done online. Like eventually it's going to have to be face to face interaction where you can actually see the person's whole face, you know, and, and, like like whole body body language yeah we're gonna have to get back to that eventually and and not be afraid of of a virus and and i and i mean i get it that people have lost lives and and that's sad and yeah but i mean people that's that's what people do is they they die but yeah you also want to live like you don't want i don't i don't want to be boxed into a tiny box for the rest of my life and and that's how I live, you know, right. I'll, I'll, I'll turn into like Tom Hanks from that <laughs> castaway. I haven't even seen that show, but I'm assuming that's what I would be because yeah. I already kind of have the look of the <laughs> dude that's stranded on an island. <laughs> um, so kind of going back when you were doing your, when you were kind of balancing out your actual job with doing this, how difficult was that? That was brutal. Yeah. Um, I was, I was the marketing guy at a lumber company Mm -hmm. and um, this blew up for me. It was the Tiger Woods at the masters was the one that really like took it like across the globe viral for me. And then. Would you say that's um, your favorite one that you've done? I don't know. I mean, looking back on it, it's kind of cringy because I like, I was filming that on my phone, you know, like compared to what I can do now. I'm like, that, that was crap. Yeah. Like I almost wanted a redo of that. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, I could do so much better now. So maybe yeah. one day I will, I don't know. It, it'd be cool to actually do something with tiger where he's yeah. like a part of it. Like maybe where I'm like his like Lego caddy and I'm like teaching him how <laughs> to like move the Lego. Like, I think that would be kind of a fun, like talking about commercial stuff. Yeah. I think that would be awesome to do yeah, something that'd be freaking sweet. like Bridgestone or somebody is like, Oh yeah, let's do that. That's a great idea. Like, I think something like that would be fun, but I don't know. I, I, that was kind of the one that set me off. And then trying to, that's when like big 10 network reached out, like Pinehurst reached out, Bleacher Report reached out, wanted me to do like NBA finals. And I just said yes to everything, like not even knowing what I was worth and that these are going to generate millions of views. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time, like I was just kind of riding that wave but it, it almost got to the point where I was ready to, where I was burnt out because I was like with big 10 network, I had to film one video a week and they were taking like 40 hours to film. And I still had a regular job. That's so, insane. So basically I was working two full-time jobs, not sleeping. And it got to the point where I was like, <clears throat> excuse me. I told my wife, I was like, I can't keep doing this. I love doing this and Go I love the it. attention and but I was like, I can't keep doing it if it's uh, if it means I don't get to sleep. Like this can't be healthy <laughs> for me. So was it tough? <laughs> I think it was um, it was the Golf Channel that mm-hmm. reached out and they wanted to do like six videos around the 
the British Open or the Open is what they call it now. Yeah. And it was just enough money that we could like make it work for a little while. And so I was like, if I don't jump now, yeah, I'm always going to look back and regret. And I I don't want to live that way. Like I don't want to be in an old folks home um, trying to dodge COVID 26 or whatever. And 26 COVID 46 or whatever, whatever I'm going to try to be dodging in the old folks home. Hopefully not in New York city. Yeah. Um, I, like, I just don't want to live that way. Like, I, I was like, I don't want to live a life of regret. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go for it and went for it. And I honestly, I thought it would last like six months. Really? And I think it's been over three years now that I've been doing this full time. And and even with 2020 being the year that it was where I thought maybe this is the end, um, it's not. Like, it's starting to pick back up again. And it And it sucked because COVID hit right when I was like, I was like the whatever – the game stock stonks, you know, I was like <laughs> to the moon and then that wiped it out. And, uh, and now it's starting to, the wheels are starting to turn again. And, yeah. um, hopefully I, it's getting back to some sense of normalcy, whatever, yeah. whatever that new normal is. I hate that word new normal. Cause I'm like, I don't, yeah, it's not going to ever be. I, I want it to just be normal. I don't <laughs> yeah. want it to be a new normal. <laughs> exactly. That's why I gonna- want I want normalcy. Yeah, I want yeah. I want to be able to go and sit in between the benches and color yeah. commentate for hockey games. I don't even yeah. get paid to do that. Like I volunteer to do that. I guess I could get paid if I wanted to, but I'm like, what are you going to pay me? Like 50 bucks a game? Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. it's a minor league hockey team. I just yeah. love it. And I've yeah. been around that organization for this would have been my 18th season doing stuff with them. That's awesome. Um, so, but we didn't have a season and, and to have last season get cut short, that was a real bummer too, because it was a team that we were destined for greatness. And I was like, we're probably going to win the whole thing this year. And then that happened. And I was like, that's now trash. our whole team's gone. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to start from scratch again. So that's kind of, I mean, I, I would, I do not envy our head coach or our assistant coach to have to go out and recruit these players. Cause minor league hockey is brutal. I have no, yeah, I, I don't really watch hockey at all. That's so it's kind of interesting talking to someone that really likes it. You yeah, played it's, it and stuff uh, growing it's up. It's crazy. I mean, it's the same with, it's, it's the same if you wipe out the NCAA with basketball, you know, if you don't have any, anything feeding into the, the exactly. next generation of talent, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. And also with the NCAA, with guys being able to go to the G league and stuff, that's going to take you, that's going to be a massive hit for sure. Right. Well, and there was, I think there was one player that went to Australia. He was like the most highly touted player. I remember hearing about him on Barstool and like pardon my take or something. Mm-hmm. They were talking to him and he was like, I'm not going to go to college. And he was yeah. being recruited by like Kentucky and Kansas. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to go play in Australia. Isn't that, and that's what Lamelo Ball did, didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he go play down? Did he play in Australia or somewhere I think else? He went to Latvia, right? And oh, Lithuania, Lithuania or something yeah, like and, that. And, like, and then he, he went and played and, in Australia or something. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. And if I mean, I don't I don't envy even college coaches. I was I was really bummed about NCAA though because last time the tournament came to Boise the, we usually get the first round of the tournament, like every four years. Mm-hmm. And last time it came, I was a locker room attendant. 
So like I was the guy who kept the media out of the locker room after a win or a loss. Yeah, that's sick. So you're like security. So I'm like in the Gonzaga locker room as they're celebrating a win, you know, and like Arizona came. That was back when, uh, who's the big guy that came out of Arizona? Aiton. Aiton. That was when he was playing. Um, Kentucky was there. And so they were supposed to do that again this year. But now they moved it all to Indianapolis. And so I was going to, I I was looking forward four years. Like (laughs) I've been waiting four years to be a locker room attendant again because it was awesome. You're like sitting courtside at every single March Madness game. And that's my favorite time of year is March Madness. It's, yeah, it's, but what's, who, but yeah, who's your favorite college basketball? Is, Is it just Boise State too? Or who's your favorite like big time college basketball team? I grew I grew up cheering for North Carolina when I was. Oh, a there kid. you there you go. So you're in the tournament um, almost every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, and that's you know that's like even back. Yeah, I mean Michael Jordan played for them before I was really into basketball. Yeah. I got into basketball when I was about 11 years old. There you go. Um, my parents couldn't afford to put me in hockey anymore, and so I played basketball for a few years. And I really liked it, but I, hockey is what I've always loved. And so once I went, once I was making adult money and then I could pay for my own gear and own ice time, I got back into hockey and, yeah. and never really looked back. Yeah. But, hockey's um, insane. I don't even, I don't even play basketball anymore. Like I'm, I'm too old for that. I'll roll my ankle or like <laughs> screw up my shoulder, but hockey I'll play. Yeah. You see freaking Tom Segura, that wipeout he had. Is no, I didn't a, see it. You haven't seen that? Uh-huh. He went up for a dunk and then just fell and then he broke his freaking arm and leg. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, I'm too old for that stuff now. Yeah. I don't even I don't even go do shoot around anymore. <laughs> I like watching it though. Like I, I love yeah, I really love basketball. College basketball is one of my favorite things though. Like that March Madness tournament. I love it. That was one of the when I did a recreation for my daughter's birthday mm-hmm. when Villanova beat North Carolina. Yeah. That was like huge and that was another viral moment where then like i'm getting interviewed on sports center like damn that's the day the tournament starts and it was nuts and my it's me and my daughter i'm like six o'clock in the morning on sports center and it was that was a moment that i'll never forget but that was all from basketball yeah and i make my kids fill out brackets so that they'll watch the tournament yeah that's sick and i'm like whoever wins gets to pick where we go out to dinner to celebrate or whatever, you know? And so it was Villanova and North Carolina in the final. And I remember she, she had picked Villanova and I had picked North Carolina. Dang. And she didn't know anything about Villanova. She just picked it because she liked how it sounded. She was like 11 <laughs> or she was 10 at the time. Yeah. But I just remember watching her watch that game and how into it she was. And mm-hmm. I just thought that, that was so cool. So then the next year for her birthday, I remade that final shot, even That's though I'm sick. a North Carolina fan, you know, I didn't, I'm not a huge homer for North Carolina. Like I don't really <laughs> yeah. care. Yeah. You, you kind of become more, less of a like fanatic with these teams as time goes on. At least I have where That's I don't, sweet. I just don't really care. Like I'll pick the team that I think I want to win, but if they lose, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Cause I bet, cause you're spending 70 hours sometimes staring at one team and trying to get the players right and everything. I bet that's kind of just, I don't really want to look at this logo or team anymore right for right now. No, actually it's not. I, I, I've never gotten to that point where I'm like, I never want to see that play again. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll hear the play and I'm like, Oh, I know everything they're going to say before they even say it. Sick. Um, But 
I mean, I like the commentating that goes into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, I like everything about it. Yeah. I like that I've been able to merge that. Like, and I've become like a huge fan of Lego. I mean, if you look behind me, it's like everything is Lego. Everything in front of me is Lego. Like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's consumed me now. And I've yeah. become like a Lego snob where if it's not Lego, like I don't, I'll throw it away. Yeah. If I got mega blocks in like a big shipment of Lego, like if I go to the thrift <laughs> store and find like a giant tub of Lego yeah. sale and mega blocks in it, I just toss the mega blocks. I'm such a Lego snob now. And I never thought I, w- I didn't think there was that much of a difference, but there's a difference. Yeah. And, that's, and adult fans of Lego know the difference. Yeah. That's what I hate is there's, I wish there was more sports themed Lego stuff. Because yeah. how, what's the process like when you're creating some of these custom pieces? Because you can't just buy the stuff that you have, right? right? No, I mean, you, you can. What do you, like, how do you do story. that? Like, I've got, like, it's to, it's to the point now where I get, like, custom printing on, like, this is like a uh, Kevin Na Lego. Where uh-huh. It's got, like, his logo on the back and, That's like, on sick. the front. And like uh, Dylan Fertelli and like, and like NBA players I have and NFL players where I, like, I'll get it. Like I'm, sp- I spend way too much money on this stuff. Yeah. Like even like, even having like a black minifigure, like one of these, like some of the heads on these guys cost like 10 bucks, you know? And, and I'm like, and you have to swap them out when they are talking and stuff. Yeah. And I've got to have a ton of them. And so, um, I wish that they, I wish that Lego would have done more collaborations with the NBA. Cause then I would have more diversity in my Lego, but yeah, like it, it's, it's tough, but I want everything to be just right. And so there's only like six different skin tones on Lego. So sometimes I'll get comments where it's like, Oh, that guy's too white or like Steph Curry's not that black. And I'm like, but, but Steph Curry is black though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we're talking about the same guy. I didn't get the right skin tone. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't please everybody. So I, I like to troll the trolls sometimes. Mm-hmm. I actually just for fun, but yeah. you, you can't do that a lot because you get caught up in it, and it's mm-hmm. like I really don't care. I'm like, I, it's cool, but I don't buy into like all of the all of the praise either because I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get a huge head and then think that I'm cooler than I am. I mean, it's pretty cool what I do, and I'm pretty grateful to be able to to like do this for a living and it kind of affords me opportunities that I never would have had. Like, like being in the same room with Dave Portnoy. And and then since then I've collaborated with Dave Portnoy, you know, and, yeah. and I love what Barstool Sports does. Like say what you will about them. Um, I think they're awesome. And I think they, they get it. And they're they're That's why you've seen them that meteoric rise for them. Cause they understand their demographic. Yeah. And, and they're not super politically correct in, right. in in a really politically correct world. Yeah. Yeah. The wild thing is with your whole situation is you have doors open literally everywhere. So you don't really stall out ever. Yeah. It's just sweet. It, it is weird. It's, and, and you, it may get to that point for you too, where you're in places where you're like, wait, how did I get here? Right. You know, yeah. like, we're we're at the Mosfidal fight and we're <laughs> sitting ringside. Like how this is from talking. You must have had so many of those. There's been there's been quite a few. There's, <laughs> because 
and and like and I don't want to sound ungrateful, but sometimes I forget even like really cool moments where I'm like, and then but then that thought will come back later, like something will trigger that, and I'm like, oh yeah, I did that too through Mm -hmm. this. Like that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's wild. That's why I'm telling you, you need to get into that MMA game because they're they're the freaking only besides golf. It was golf and MMA that was going that was going putting on events constantly every week. And so, and that was something that I really, that I appreciated about Dana White Mm -hmm. is that he like talking about the PC world that we live in. He's like, I don't care what anybody says about me. I'm going to make sure these fights happen. And even though we missed out on the, on what's Khabib fight, who was he Mm -hmm. supposed to fight? Like Kobe Covington or somebody. He was, uh, Habib fought, he beat Justin Gaethje back in like He was supposed October. to fight somebody else though. Oh, before. Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Tony Ferguson. And yeah. that was going to be a really cool fight. I was excited yeah. for that fight. It was the fifth um, time it was scheduled. Well, and, and it was just crazy that it was yeah. when it happened, when it did. But I really appreciated that about Dana White. Right. And I think he kind of realized, hey, this is kind of a moment in time where it's like, we got to seize the moment here. This is everything else is shut down and if we can figure out a way to make it to make it happen and give people sports when they're like craving sports Mm -hmm. i think it's been really good for them i'd love to do ufc stuff i'm hoping that's the next thing that i do well because there's a guy that makes bobbleheads and stuff i don't he and he gets a ton of just love for it and i couldn't even imagine if you did lego stuff because there's so many new up-and-coming fighters there's constantly new guys and it would just be so cool to shout them out and give them exposure especially like with the platform you have too yeah it'd be honestly it would be cool to have like to be like on retainer to do either stuff in golf or stuff in ufc mm-hmm. where it's like dana's just like hey jared can you make this can you recreate this moment and then i'm just like set up with the tools to do it where I can just make that happen and turn it around in a week. Like I would love to be on retainer with some giant organization where they're just paying me like crazy amounts of money, whether I make stuff or not. Yeah. Even killer promos with Legos or something or not even, yeah. it doesn't even have to be Legos. I mean, you could just do cool videos and it would yeah, just that be- was the boxing stuff that I was, I, there was talks about, we got pretty far down the rabbit hole for boxing for that big <laughs> fight with the what was his name? Who who was the big fight that just Fury happened a few months ago? Uh oh, was it Tiafimu and uh Lomachenko or No, it was Wilder? the big blanky British guy. Oh man, I, I'm not a big boxing guy. Is it Anthony? I, I don't uh, the name's slipping me right now, but yeah. uh that would have been cool to do yeah promotion stuff for them. Yeah. Um, it was a company in the UK, but it, it didn't end up working out. Um, but UFC, I'd be down with doing even more so than boxing. I, yeah. It'd be cool to make like some kind of a glove. Yeah. Mini figure hand. It's already like, like that UFC kind of glove. Yeah. That's freaking, that would be so sick. Um, if you could exclusively be, would it just be golf? If you could just exclusively do one, do you think it would be golf? I don't know. The golf ones are the ones that take the longest because the little ball rolling and stuff. Usually there's like, it's like the fans that are involved. Yeah. True. To like build like with basketball, I can do, I can have like a court mm-hmm. where it's like, I can switch it out and have like kind of the same stands yeah. and the 
mini figures with with golf it's like you have to recreate each hole that you're that you're making and it's uh it just takes so long yeah but i really I, yeah if i could do just golf like if a company like callaway was like hey we want you to just recreate moments from when our guys win so when the players that play with callaway clubs win we want it redone in stop motion lego for like the next week or whatever, or whenever they want it to be like, that would be kind of a cool setup to be able to do stuff like that. That'd be and I'm sure there'd be a ton of perks that came along with that. So it's, yeah. it's been cool to work with the PGA tour. That's, I mean, that's somebody that I never thought would reach out. Even when I was doing stuff with the golf channel, I was like, it'd be cool to do stuff with the tour. And then eventually the tour wanted me to do stuff. And, and we've done three or four projects now and hopefully more. Have you developed any pretty close relationships with some of the golfers or players? Yeah, a few. There's That's there's sweet. a few players um, that I I mean, Dylan Fertelli was one of them. Yeah, okay. actually, he's the one that sent me this hat. That's sick. He got like fifth place in the Masters and like just Dang. sent me this cool Masters hat. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's like a big Lego fan. That's awesome. And you know, just kind of a Lego nerd. And he loves what I do, but he reached, I, he reached out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when, I don't even think he was on the PGA tour yeah. when he first like DM'd me. Um, he just liked seeing that I was out golfing and like enjoying it. You know, yeah. I didn't, I, I don't take myself too serious and I just kind of have fun. And he's like, that's the way the game should be played. And I was like, who's Dylan Fratelli? You know, he had one of those little blue check marks by his name, but I think he even had like less than 10,000 followers. And I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. Um, But then we kind of, you know, we went back and forth in DMs and we got to know each other. And now um, I'm probably going to go hang out with him in Orlando when I go next month for the PGA memes challenge. That's freaking awesome. But yeah, I don't want to keep you for too long, but like, just, I want to thank you so much for coming on and stuff. It's pretty sweet because your whole story is just super kind of inspiring, I guess, because you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. Cause it's, it's kind of cool for somebody kind of like me who it wasn't, isn't a hundred percent sure what they want to do. And then I don't know. Cause you, I don't, it's just a really cool story. I feel like, I don't know. It's just pretty sweet, but yeah. Well, and, and if I can give advice to anybody like yeah. you, it's do what you feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Like the internet has kind of changed the game and you you can do whatever you want and there's really no limitations of where it's going to go. Right. Like we're our own biggest critics where we we're the ones inside our head that are like, yeah, it's never going to work out. But if I would have never put out that tiger woods video, I, I would never be doing this. Right. You know, even like back to the breaking bad stuff when I was putting out like really crappy stop motion videos, if those actors don't reach out from the show and say, you have to make more of these, I'm not doing this for a living. So yeah. it's like just that little encouragement from somebody who I thought was fancy at the time changed my life. Yeah. And what it kind of made you want to do? Th- yeah. What I wanted to, one of my questions was, what was it about the breaking Bad? Was it just your favorite show? And you just wanted to play around with it. Yeah, it was my favorite show. Um, and I'd always wanted to do stop motion stuff, but I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I made those on vine. <laughs> so it wasn't even a stop motion app, but just That's sick. That, it was like a creative outlet for me. And then one of the, I think it was like maybe the second or third video that I shared got seen by some of the actors from the show. Yeah. 
And then they're like, you have to keep making these. Yeah. These are amazing. And they would share them. And so I'd get a little bit of a following and I didn't, I didn't really understand social media like I do now. This was like right when Instagram was letting you do videos. Yeah. So it's kind of like when social media was not at what it is now, it was early on. So th- there wasn't a ton of people doing what I was doing. It's the same thing with podcasts. Like now there's a yeah. ton of podcasts. Exactly. It really, there still really isn't that many podcasts. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like if you find a podcast that you like, Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to listen to. And so if if you can kind of tap into that demo and it gets you to where you want to go, like just try things. That's, that's what I would say to people. Like if I didn't try, like I could have talked myself out of this easily where I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is stupid. Like what, like 30 something year old man is going to play with Legos. Like I never thought that it was going to be something that I did Yeah, as a 42 year old man. You know, I didn't think that I would be, playing with Lego. I mean, I, I call it playing with Lego. Like there, there is a lot of work that goes into it. And there's a lot of things that got me to where I'm at today, video wise. So it's kind of that broken road that led me to where I am today. There's like a country song about like, God bless the broken road that led me <laughs> straight to you or something. I don't listen yeah. to a lot of country, but that yeah. is my story. Like yeah. this broken road has got me to where I'm at, to where you and I are having this conversation. And you know, this could turn into something where we're friends later yeah. on down the line, like mm-hmm. five years from now, we're both sitting in the yeah. NASCAR Daytona 500 ringside driver's side, baby. And, and, and you're like the Dave Portnoy. Where yeah. I'm just like sitting next to you. I'm like, you know who this guy is? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the one thing I just really like is the fact that you you talk about it like it's kind of easy because I saw ESPN where you were on the phone call and the guy was he was talking he's like there's there's definitely a lot more to it you kind of talking about it how like anybody could do this but it's pretty sweet that you have that skill set where you can just focus in and do it because there's not no one really has the patience to do what you do and that's what makes it so special I think because and you can visually see the work that you put into it you know like it takes a ton one more fun. I'll tell you one more funny story about that <laughs> ESPN interview. Um, that the guy, I don't remember what the guy's name is. I think he works for CBS sports now or Fox yeah. sports. Um, mm-hmm. he was kind of a jerk. Really? Yeah. He like, I just got a weird vibe from him where I was like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. And so the interview didn't go well. So like my first time on sports center was not what you actually, imagined. my first time on sports center was supposed to be, with Jay Harris, oh. um, Desmond Howard, and Kevin Nagandi. Those were the three guys that were supposed to interview me. But something went wrong on their end with their Skype. I think it was through Skype. That's- and so I got bumped to ESPN News, which was this guy, who whatever his name is, I don't remember. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking that I'm going to be on like primetime ESPN Sports Center with those three, mm-hmm. who I think all three are awesome. Yeah. And I end up getting relegated to ESPN News with that dude. And he's like, you like, and it's like a quick, like, minute and a half interview where he's Mm -hmm. just like, you make this sound easy. Like, he's like cutting me off when I'm like telling, when I'm like talking, like answering his questions. And I was just like, who is this guy? And I remember leaving that interview and I was like, that sucked. Like, my parents were watching that interview in Canada where I was like, tune into ESPN. I'm going to be on. Sports Center, and then all of a sudden I'm like, never mind. Turn in, tune into ESPN News, 
but it's, I mean, it was still a really cool thing. And then yeah. like later on, I was able to get on like actual sports center. And that was such a cool experience. But at the time I was like, that was my 15 minutes of fame. And I had to deal with that guy. That like, sucks. This sucks. Yeah. But um, looking, I, hopefully I meet that guy someday and I'll be like, I know you uh-huh. don't remember me, but uh, it's, it's funny. The full circle, um, mm-hmm. Jamie Sire was a ESPN sports center person. Mm-hmm. And she was the host when I got interviewed by Jay Harris the second time she yeah. was, it was her and one other guy. And then she was the host at the U S open. So yeah. when I was on U S open now, she was the one interviewing. And I was like, I remember her. I was like, that's the girl that went to Washington state. She's from like Montana. And so we like had that connection. She didn't remember me, mm-hmm. but like before we even go on air, like, I'm like, Hey, I remember you, you know? And, and it, it's just funny how it all comes kind of full circle. And that was like three years later that she's interviewing me on, on us open now. And my mom's like watching me behind the cameras. It was, it was, that was a surreal experience. That was one of my favorite experiences that I've had was going to the U S open with my mom, just cause she's such a huge tennis fan. Yeah. That's freaking insane. Was it ever, has it ever been difficult for you to kind of transition into the, um, kind of the fact that you're going to be behind the camera sometimes, you know what I mean? Or did you kind of just embrace it or do you like it? Was it kind of easy, smooth transition for you? Cause for some people, I imagine it would be pretty difficult because it's not easy. I mean, I like, like it. I like yeah. trying different things. Like I yeah. like dabbling in things. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think like, especially like college kids, it's like, try everything. Right. Like, if, if you want to take like a dance class or something to like meet some girl or cause you're following some girl to a dance class, do it. Like do who cares what your friends say? <laughs> or like you may be you may be a really good dancer and maybe yeah. you'll be on dancing with the stars one day. Maybe you can be one of the judges. Who knows? You know, yeah. it's 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 try things. That's one thing that that I just wish that I would have done earlier on is just try. Mm-hmm. Like give yourself permission to do those things and like worst case scenario is usually not very bad. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah, that's what I try to do is just no matter what, just try to put stuff out there because you never know it'll pop. You know what right. I mean? That's the main key, basically. But and, and I mean, you do you do have to be a little bit careful with the, with the climate that we're in. Like, no, yeah, exactly. You can't. Yeah, facts. Yeah. And and the stuff that you say stays, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't age very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but we don't think about it at the time because that's right. what's fresh to us. Yeah. Like us talking about the coronavirus at the time, we may look back on this and we may be like, I hope that interview goes away because we said some things we shouldn't have, you know? And the cancel culture is coming for us because it's something we said on a podcast Yeah, where we forgot that we even said it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think it'll kind of shift the other way eventually where it's like people aren't so hypersensitive about everything and mm-hmm. you can actually have an opinion and you can have a differing opinion from somebody else and still have yeah. a conversation and still be friends with that person. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is whenever somebody just, people just completely disregard other people just because of either surface what they have to say. You know what I mean? Cause I have friends that we don't are uh, like our uh, kind of political views and stuff don't always align, but it doesn't mean you can't be friends. Like we're both big Niner fans and that's right. kind of what brings us together. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, and even like beliefs, like you'll yeah. find people that don't have the same beliefs as you. Right. Even if it's not political, you know, yeah. and, and, and sports is something that I think brings a lot of us together. I, I mean, even just talking about UFC, like I've, 
made so many friends just through that sport. Even back to, I remember the first UFC with Hoist Gracie. My friend got it on pay-per-view. Wild. And it was like when they'd come out with the Hoist Gracie train. I don't yeah. know if you've watched like old school. No, I've seen like UFC, UFC stuff, one. But like I skipped my prep class for the ACT to watch that. And then I did terrible on the ACT and I never thought I was going to get into college. Um, but somehow I weaseled my way in. Isn't um, it wild how far it's come? Yeah, it's crazy. It's but ESPN it, even back Prime then, time. it was fascinating. I was fascinated by it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, and it was the tournament style back then was nuts. Like it's yeah. not sustainable now. <laughs> the tournament style is insane because of the injuries and stuff. Now you don't even take that into consideration. Guys will fight in such a short amount of time. But now, People take months in between, but those guys were going back to back to back. Like, yeah, and there's no weight classes. Like you no. got Boyce Gracie against like Ken Shamrock, and you're yeah. like, there, this yeah, is a mismatch. There's like a Taekwondo guy versus sumo wrestler. It's yeah, like, yeah, it was, it, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. But even like even the fight, like even like the YouTube fighting that you saw, like a guy like Street Jesus, Jorge Masvidal come up on. You know, like yeah. I remember seeing those street fights. Oh, Kimbo and stuff. Yeah, Kimbo Slice. Yeah, rest in peace. You know, yeah. R.I.P. Kimbo. Yeah. That yeah. was. I remember going down a deep rabbit hole watching those types of fights and those it's wild. Those were some of the coolest YouTube. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you What do you make of the celebrity YouTube boxing and stuff? Did I lose you? No. Am I here? No, but I, I I agree with you. The yeah, like, the um the street beefs and stuff, those street fights are insane. But yeah, what those you, were awesome. Yeah. I, I miss those street fights. <laughs> um, but yeah, UFC, that's the one that I want to do next. Yeah. If you if uh, Dana White is watching this, hook it up, Dana. I'm trying to be the next John Anik Brett Okamoto. So you could well you could be that uh Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Canadian dude. Yeah. No, you you have to make the you have to find a way to make those characters and stuff if you get into UFC because I can already see it. You have Joe, you can have a little pan down to Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier going like, oh, after a crazy knockout or something. Like it'd be so cool. I have a friend who wrestled with DC back, they were at Nebraska, I guess, together. So I kind of have like ties to some of these guys. Yeah. Where That's like so if cool. if it ever happens, it'll be cool. Like it'll be cool to get. I never thought I would get immersed into the golf world like I am, and having connections that I do. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool if if UFC happened like that as well, because it would. Like I'm fascinated by what those guys do. I love Joe Rogan, and like yeah. I respect what he does a lot too. And so it's I I I mean that could be something that you like. Who's to say that you can't be one of those guys? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Ariel Hawani, like. I know. He's just some regular dude that just loves it. And you can tell he's so passionate about it. Yeah. And and he's the guy now. Like yeah, ESPN he, ended up hiring the guy. Yeah. I envy and those guys. Because it's so hard to, um, and I've interviewed a couple of fighters and they're really nice and stuff, but it's like, unlike you, you're, cause you're so open and stuff. Some of those guys, it's hard to get stuff out of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's, like, uh, I don't care who I'm fighting next. Uh, blah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, and and I can, so and easy. I get that, but it, yeah, yeah it be it would be hard, and and that's the thing is it's like just doing things like you every interview you do you get better at yeah. what you do yeah you know and and in, I read a book the the third door 
Mm-hmm. I just read that book and and it was a guy that was doing interviews. He was trying to interview like the the most powerful people in in the world, like Bill Gates and people like oh, that. Yeah. That's a really good book. You you should read that book, The Third Door. I don't I, it's Alex. Okay. I don't remember what his last name is, but it was really good and it kind of it might give you some insights and, and ideas into like, Sweet. oh, and now I'm rejuvenated. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was a really good book. That was there's a guy who started a podcast based on that book. Mm-hmm. And I was on that podcast. That's sick. And, and I'm like, dude, you have to get Alex on your podcast. Someday. Yeah. That's because he's the reason why he started it. But yeah, that's a really good book. The third door is a, is a good one. It's kind of like getting into places where you don't belong. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a good one. You need to read that for okay. sure. I will. That's your sure. assignment. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I'll that definitely is, do That's your assignment. <laughs> read the third door. I want a book report on it. All right. By Monday. All right. Wait, what's today? Good. Monday? Next Monday. Next Monday. All right. I got a week to do it. But yeah, I, 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 huh? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. I don't want to keep you for too much longer, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And I hope that you want to come back on sometime and maybe one day it'll be like my podcast will be bigger, you know? Yeah. When uh, I would love to come back on. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Cause we talk about NBA all the time or golf. Like one of my friends is big into golf and everything. So yeah, it'd be really cool. Thank you so much again. If I do stuff for UFC, I'll let you know. And I'm coming back on the podcast to talk about it. Let's go. That'd be so sweet. Thank you. Thank you again so much for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you.